0: Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world. He serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. Let's pray and let's invite Jesus where we are. Uh, wherever you are, let's just invite. Let's just invite the Lord with us, that He would open up our hearts to His Word this morning. So, Father, Lord, I thank you for Your Word. I thank you that it corrects us, God. I thank you that it leads us. I thank you that Your Word penetrates deep inside of us, Lord. That it says, the the Word of the Lord uh, divides both soul and spirit and bone and marrow and joint. It just goes deep into us, God and Lord. We're thankful for what your word does to us. It teaches us and leads us and guides us and corrects us. And, and Lord, we pray this morning that your truth in, your, in, in, in Acts 15 this morning, God, Lord, that we would learn, we would hear from you, Lord, and it would encourage us to follow you today with all of our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength, Jesus. Lord, to, we, we give this time to you, and we ask Holy Spirit to just come and be with us now. We pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, well, if uh, you notice, I I don't have <clears throat> my Bible with me this morning, but I I do have the Bible printed here. Uh, I'm going to be reading from uh, the Amplified Bible this morning. It's a little different, and don't don't sign off because you think it's crazy. I'm reading from Amplified. I just really enjoyed it. I, I read a couple versions, and when I read Amplified, I thought, oh, that the it just it just was better to me and. After reading New American Standard and uh, the ESV, I, re- I read the Amplified and I thought, I'm going to read that tomorrow. So I put it on paper with some of my notes. We're going we're gonna to get into this. So here we go. Uh, chapter 15, verse 1. If you're ready, let's go. Here we go. All right. Uh, some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised in accordance with the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed greatly and debated with them. So it was determined that Paul and Barnabas and some of the others from their group would go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders and confer with them concerning this issue. Uh, Just pause real quick right there, verse 3. I always was really confused. It said they would go up to Jerusalem and... um, and in my mind, I, I always thought like you look at a map and and if you go up, that means you're going north. <laughs> but um back then when they wrote and they talked about going up, it was actually like uh they traveled up in elevation. And uh and also Jerusalem is like Mount Zion and um or referred to as the city of Zion or the city of David, and sometimes it just meant going up to Jerusalem. Um, that was common language to, to go up because it was higher in elevation from Galilee and Antioch's up north. Not sure what the elevation is, but I just thought I'd throw it out there because I believe they're traveling south, <laughs> but they're going up. And that always bugs me when someone says, oh yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go up to Seattle. Well, that's fine if you're in Tacoma, but like if you're, if you're north of the, north of Seattle, you can't say we're going up to Seattle you're going down to Seattle. I don't know. That's just me. It's just just a quirk. Sorry. Uh, But I just, I remember studying that and hearing that for the first time that uh, it was higher elevation. And I thought, wow, like, wow. Okay. So verse three, I know it didn't bring anything to you this morning, except for maybe a little bit of Jared's weird brain. All right. Verse three. So after being supplied and sent on their way by the church, They went through both uh, Phoenicia and Samaria, telling in detail the conversation of the Gentiles, and they brought great joy to all the believers. Uh, There are some self appointed teachers that have shown up in Antioch, and they're telling people who, uh, Gentile believers, who have uh, converted and now are saved and following Jesus, that if you want to follow God, If you want to be a true follower, a true believer, then you need to become a uh, practicing Jew. Uh, You need to be circumcised. You need to eat kosher food. You need to, and and they they are pushing um, them to convert to Judaism. Uh, Messianic Judaism is what we would call uh, Jews who believe in Jesus, right? so they're self-appointed, they they just showed up, they, they, they came up maybe from Jerusalem, we don't know where they came from, most likely Jerusalem, um, or Israel somewhere, up to Antioch, and they're, they're pushing this, and for, for whatever reason, but they're not, I guess the point I'm trying to say is they are not sent from the 12 apostles, they're not sent from the 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 church the organized church where where peter stood up and he preached and thousands came and acts 2 they added to their numbers daily and this church is growing in number like and it's organized and it's structured and they have elders and they have they have past they have uh the apostles and this is the structured church well these are self-appointed men who just decided they're going to go combat the spread of of the way of christianity And by telling them to become Jews. So the Bible nowhere tells us that um, Christians need to become, or Gentiles need to become Jewish. Um, And I think it's important to realize from the Jewish perspective that they, uh, why they had put a division up. Even Peter, you can remember the story between Peter and Paul where they get in the argument over this. But Peter, actually, we'll read more about Peter in this story, but there, there's a wall that happens that has built up inside of um, inside of a Jewish person to stay away from Gentiles. And it's that the things that they touch and the things that they do would make me unclean, and I would have to go to the temple, and I would have to get sacrifice done so that I could be made clean so that I could worship God. And so for them, that's a big deal. Like, in, in order for me to worship God... I have to follow these Jewish practices and make sure that I'm not doing something that's going to compromise my ability to go to temple or or synagogue. Um so these are these are important things for them. This is from the law of Moses where he gives them all that instructions in Leviticus of how to stay clean and 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 gentile people they don't do those things. And so it's easier to just say I need to stay away from you. I'm not allowed to go in your house. I'm not allowed to talk to you. I don't shake your hand. I don't even know if they shook hands back then. But like, you know what I'm saying? It's it, Let's just make a really hard rule. And I think we do that today. I, I think that um, when something is can lead to maybe temptation or it can lead to uh, bad practices or sinful ways, the church, even in American history, has has like outlawed dancing in the church, you know, or uh, um, or you know, just certain things. Instead of meeting people where they are and still holding fast to what your conviction and what you believe is true in the Bible, and and, and be even allowing for for mistakes and being able to 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 be made right, like that's not that's not what they're they're doing. That's not what we do a lot of times, and so like. I guess I'm trying to give a little sympathy to the Jewish people, but at the same time, that's what's being—that's why they're going up there to do this. They're not—I don't think that they're—they have bad motives um, in that they don't want them to know Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't say that they are anti-Messiah. It just says that they are trying to make them Jewish, and um, and so, um, and it was 20 years since Peter had had. Seeing Cornelius. And you remember last time I've teached, actually, we, we went through the story of Cornelius where he went to the house of Cornelius and the Holy Spirit fell on them as he preached the gospel. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit before they were baptized with water. And Peter said that uh, God is, um, God does not show favoritism or God, God is not one who, um, who who shows partiality, Partiality is the word that he showed that he said. and um, and so th- it's clear that that they sent Paul out on his missionary journey to the Gentiles because they know that God is now fulfilling what he has said throughout the Old Testament. So let's um, oh, another thing I wanted to bring up was uh, and this isn't the, this isn't the first time. this isn't like something new that the apostles didn't know. And as I was studying, I was just reminded of, the feeding of the 5000 and the feeding of the 4000 and i think it'd be really cool if you go on take time go back and read those in in mark 6 and mark 8 but like he went to the jewish people and he and he taught them and he fed them with the fish and the loaves and there's 12 baskets some people say it's through the 12 tribes of judah or the 12 apostles or the you know but the the point is is that they were it was a jewish crowd and then the second time that he fed the 4,000, which is in two of the gospels, both in Matthew and in Mark, um, it's kind of clear that this is not necessarily a Jewish crowd. Instead of 12 baskets, there's seven baskets at the end. And if you remember, Jesus healed the demi- or the, the man full of demons with a legion of demons who was cutting himself and was running around the tombs. And, 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 and they went to the pigs, they went over the cliff. So you remember that story? Yes, I remember the story. And the man tried to get in the boat with him, and Jesus said no." And he said, he made him stay. And I believe it was when he came back, this crowd knew that Jesus had power to heal. He had power to deliver deliver people from 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 demons. And so when he comes back, he heals a blind and a mute man. And I think the word spreads quickly that Jesus is back. And so, When he came over there the first time to that side of the the Sea of Galilee, it's Gentile region, um, a Greek region, he was told to go away because he killed all the pigs. And and they're like, who are you? Go away. Uh, They didn't want him there. Now he comes back, they want him there, and uh, he feeds 4,000. These are not Jewish people. And Jesus ministered to them for three days. I, I, I mean, it doesn't tell us this, but I just imagine that Jesus was doing miracles. He was teaching. He was he was touching, you know, um, and healing people. And this is so. This is Jesus, who the apostles saw, do miracles with Gentiles. Even even the centurion that Jesus Jesus dealt with, Greek and Roman people all the time. And so the apostles know that Jesus came. And he always told them he came for the Jews first, you know, but he did ministry to to the other nations. And um, I just thought that's important as we we think about the Jewish and the Gentile comparison here about how Jesus loved the Gentile people. Um, Jesus didn't show partiality. Uh, Another fun study you could do too, and I spent a little bit of time doing this. I just went to BibleHub.com and I typed in uh, partiality. And I just show, it showed up all these uh, scriptures throughout the Old Testament about how God is not a God of partiality. And it's just a fun a fun way to look into that idea of of that heart that God has for for all people, um, not just the Jewish people. Um, so let's pick this back up, verse four. When they arrived in Jerusalem, so remember Paul and Barnabas and some other people from the church in Antioch because. They want to send their own people to make sure that, um, to get to actually hear from the apostles themselves instead of just sending Paul and Barnabas, because Paul and Barnabas were preaching one thing, but then the Jewish, these self-appointed Jewish leaders were saying another thing, and so they wanted to send their own uh, delegates or, or leaders from their own church to go hear from the church leaders in Jerusalem. So when they arrived in Jerusalem, that's verse four. Uh, They were received warmly by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported to them all the things that God had accomplished through them. But some of the sects of Pharisees who had believed in Jesus as the Messiah stood up and said, It is necessary to circumcise the Gentiles, uh, the Gentile converts, and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. Um, Verse 6, the apostle and the elders came together to consider this matter. Uh, After a long debate, Peter got up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the message of the gospel and believe, and God, who knows and understands the heart, testifies to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, uh, just as he also did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, uh, cleansing their hearts in faith in Jesus. Now then, you are testing God by placing a yoke on the necks of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we have been able to endure. Whew. Uh, but, we, but we believe that we are saved through the precious, undeserved grace of our Lord Jesus, uh, which makes us free of the guilt of sin and grants us eternal life in just the same way as they are. And you can see how amplified Bible adds some stuff there that maybe your Bible didn't have, but I just I just love the way that reads. Um, so it took Peter, I, I think it's I think it's uh, interesting. that it took Peter a while to speak up. I mean, it, it said that they went for a debate for a long time. So Paul and Barnabas, the elders, they're going back and forth. they're debating. Um, the details of circumcised, not circumcised, um, saved by grace, not by works. The Gentiles got their own special way into heaven through adoption into his kingdom compared to the Jewish people where God has still called them to live through the laws of Moses and op- observe and follow the laws and the statutes. Um like to still believe in the Messiah, but, but God has still called the Jewish people to be Jewish. But now the Gentile people, he's, he's brought them in, but he hasn't called them to be Jewish. And so there's debates going on back and forth. And finally, Peter speaks up. But this is, uh, but this is why they commissioned Paul and Barnabas. He reminded them. Uh, Peter knew God was, from both the, was for both Jews and non-Jews. And he, he's reminding them of that story when he went to Cornelius' house. Um, how the Holy Spirit was poured out on on both. Um, Isaiah forty nine six says, "I will also make you a light to the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth." And and th- this is that idea that I'm sure they knew these scriptures too. But like Jesus didn't just come for the Jews, but to be a light of salvation to drew Israel and, and the the Jewish people, they were meant to be a light to all the other nations around them. Uh, uh, Jesus didn't just come to save Israel. He came to save the world. And this is prophesied in Isaiah. And um, there's other scriptures, too. You can look up where it's clear that that God is not just a God for Jewish people, but for Gentile people, too. And, and uh, I actually got spun off for about an hour yesterday studying because... I started looking into all the different areas that, that uh, non-Jewish people were part of this story of, of salvation, this story of redemption. And, and, I, and then I started looking at the genealogy of Jesus, and I was reminded of like, how God used non-Jewish people to bring about the, the, even, even the line of, of, of David. We have, like, uh, we have Ruth, right, <laughs> um, who was um, not... Jewish, right? Um, anyway, uh, oh, and remember S- Simeon the, who prophesied over Jesus in Luke, uh, 2, And he said this, he said, from my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Um, when I looked that up, I thought, well, I know, I forgot that like, this is the, remember the, uh, he was the priest in the temple when they went to go get Jesus circumcised as a baby and God had told him that he would not die or he, until he saw the Messiah. And so he's waiting and the Holy Spirit comes upon him when he sees Jesus and he prophesies that Jesus would be the light to the Gentiles. And I mean, so it's so clear Luke when he writes his gospel he understands that he understands this um and it's it's really clear that this is who Jesus is and and I just want to remind us of that as we continue to go through this. So verse 12. All the people remained silent and they listened attentively to Barnabas and Paul as they described all the signs and wonders uh they attesting miracles that God had done through them among the Gentiles. Um I think that's uh, even even the last chapter we did. If you didn't catch the last two chapters, uh, chapter 13 and 14, this is Paul's first mission to uh, up and through Asia Minor. And I think the greatest miracle is when, and it doesn't say this, but I think I, I think I read into this, but even when they stoned Paul and they drug him out and they threw his body like he was dead, and it says the other there stood around him, I, I think they were praying for him, and I think he got up. <laughs> I think I think he died and they prayed and, and brought him back to life. Um, I don't know. I just <laughs> that's the way I read it. But like, like there's there's so many other miracles that were happening, um, and, and so they just start giving testimony of the things that God had been doing on their mission to the council. So like instead of talking about the the do's and the don'ts and who understands the law better and who understands the, the gospel message better and, and who understands and, and debating back and forth. Paul and Barnabas now, after Peter s- stands up and, and says, remember, it's for the Gentiles, they just start to give testimony. And I thought that's powerful. Like every time we hear testimony, something in us starts to change. Like, you know, Revelations 12:11 says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. When we hear about the miracles of God, when we hear about how God is moving, like it, it it's like the spirit inside of us, is, is the Holy Spirit is ministering to our spirit, and it's just like you, you feel alive, right? It just moves you. Um, I'm going to read my note here. Uh, you, you, We can go back in, in chapter 13, 14 about some of these signs. The one that stands out the most, when Paul was stoned, and I think he died when they brought him back by prayer. I said that already. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Verse 13, when they had finished speaking, James replied, brothers, listen to me. Um, James, this is the half-brother of Jesus. He wrote the book of James. So he's there, and he speaks up, and now he, is, um, he says, listen to me. Uh, Simon Peter has described how God first concerned himself about uh, taking from among the Gentiles a people for him, for his name to honor him and to be identified with him. The word of the prophet agrees with this, just as it is written in Scripture, verse 16. This is he, him, he, him quoting Amos. After these things I will return, and I will rebuild the tent of David which has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins. I will restore it. So that the rest of mankind may see the Lord, the rest of mankind may seek, sorry, I said see, the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name has been evoked, uh, says the Lord, who has been making these things known from long ago. Um, he's quoting Amos there, um, Amos nine eleven through twelve we We studied Amos. If you're really interested, you go back and listen to the daily word, Amos nine. Verse nineteen. Therefore, it is my judgment. this is this is James. James is saying, it's my judgment that we do not tr- that we do not trouble and make it difficult for those who are turning to God among the Gentiles by putting obstacles in their way but that we will write to them that they abstain from anything that has been contaminated uh, by being offered to idols uh, and from sexual impurity and from eating um, the meat of what has been strangled and from the consumption of blood. For from the ancient generations, the writings of Moses has been preached in every city since uh, he is read out loud in the synagogues every Sabbath. Um, James, he is giving a way for the Gentile believers to remember that if they want to reach the Jewish people for Jesus, they need to be mindful of the Jewish culture. Uh, these are the, he's giving some, some really clear things to, for them to abstain from. He's calling them to sexual purity, He's calling them to refuse to eat food that has been sacrificed to, uh, to, to demons, which are the, these false gods. Um, and to uh, in, in, in Jewish culture, they believe that eating the blood was the life force, uh, the life of an animal. And just to abstain from eating things that were strangled is, is, is eating dishes and, and food that, that have the blood in them. When we went to Israel and we visited, and we had to eat kosher over there, uh, everything they cooked meat-wise was cooked like well done. Everything is cooked; all the meat is drained, and everything's cooked well done over there. Um, so that's just a, something that they want to write to them to ask them to do these things. Um, uh, I think today we must we must think about how to contextualize the gospel for our culture today. I think that is true. I think that's what James is getting at like there are going to be jewish believers converts that are going to come into the church or that you want to reach and if you are not like being sensitive to to these things um then you you will have no witness to them i i think that's part of it i think part of it's clearly like this is sin and you guys shouldn't do this like uh, fornication and sinful uh sexual sin like Like I feel like that is just like you should abstain from that and you should abstain from participating with – with these this meat that's a sacrifice to idols. And we know we've read other other uh, epistles from Paul where he writes a letter to them and they're eating this meat and, and Paul talks about how I know that, that some of you uh or you believe that they're not really it's not really a God at all. It's it's a false God. So since you don't believe in it, so then what's the point of you eating the meat? And he says, Because in your freedom you're able to eat, but it's a sin when you cause your brother to stumble. And so I don't think it's necessarily um, that the the eating of that meat or the eating of that is, is the sin. But when you cause your brother or sister to stumble, that is sin. And some scripture says it's better for you to tie a rope around your neck with a giant stone and throw it into the sea and pretty much drown yourself than to lead one of these ones away from me. Um, I think today, like... You know, some people feel the freedom to, to drink and consume, you know, some alcohol. And, and there's nothing in the Bible that says drinking a, a beer or a glass of wine is sin. Um, but it is sin to lead your brother or sister astray. So if you know that your brother or sister struggles, even in their own conscience, with, with the consumption of alcohol, like, you know, you should be mindful of that. That's the same kind of thing. It was meat. You know, and if you are eating that and causing them to sin, then you're sinning, and that's what Paul says in another another letter. But um, I can just hear the heart of that when we read this: that you should be thinking about other people coming to know Jesus. You should think about your Jewish brothers and sisters in Antioch who need to come to know Jesus, that need to that need salvation, that need to that need to, uh, and if you don't. Recognize that eating strangled meat and uh, all of these things that James points out, you're you're not going to have a, a good witness for them, and you're not going to be able to lead them to Jesus. They they they're just you have to be sensitive to and understand these things. And um, today, I think that um, we must figure out how to contextualize the gospel for our culture today too. Uh, and I know I'm jumping from like an observation straight into um, this idea, but. But uh, we can't have the truth watered down. We, we can't water down the gospel and, so that we can reach our culture. Um, but we need to reach people at the same time. Today, if we can find a way to confront idols um, while highlighting the values of our culture, um, I think we could show people Jesus. I think if we make Jesus so anti-cultural... Um, it is anti-cultural, right? <laughs> there's, there's tension. It's, uh, Jesus is going against this, the, the, the ways of this world it's clear. Like this is the ways of our culture today do not want to hear the ways of Jesus at all. Um, but how are we going to reach people? We, we talk about around here where we want to bring Jesus to people and people to Jesus. Well, part of that of bringing Jesus to people is figuring out how to contextualize the good news in a way that, does, that, that shows them their idol worship, but also highlights who God made them to be and, and the things that are good about, about this culture and, and drawing them to Jesus, to follow him. Because we all know that once we give our lives to Jesus and we're saved, he changes us. We begin to think differently, and we begin to struggle to walk in sin because we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And I think we all know that, but I think we need to realize that, just like this group of people needed to realize that their Jewish brothers and sisters um, needed to be reached, I think we we could take we could take from that. We need to reach people today where they are, and it's it's such a, a anti. Um, the morals and the ethics today are so anti-Jesus. It's um, it's really hard for us to see how can we even have a conversation with them. Um, I, I think about I think about um, just the community around here and how it's so pro um, everything uh, that our sex, the sex in our culture is such a it's such a big issue. Uh, for our young people, I was a youth pastor for a year and a half here, and many times I would have youth come up to me and want to talk to talk to me about. Uh, transvestite friends and, um, and, and and homosexuality and their gay friends and, and can they can they be a Christian and still live this way? And um, I just think about everything that Hollywood puts out and if you're if you're just engrossed in TV and you don't have good boundaries there, uh, you're being fed all of these lies about about what what we believe to be true today. And so it's very confusing for a culture. That believes this is what is true, this is what is right, this is what is real. So, how do we meet those people where they are and bring Jesus to people? How do we see the value and 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 the good things in our in our culture, and see the idol worship in our culture and the sin in our culture, and still reach out to them? Um, and I think Pastor Ben says it really well. I said he says we have to reach up, and we had to get the heart of God, right? We had to get his heart to do this. So we had to reach up to God so we can reach out to people. And I think as we think about that, I think James is right on. I think I think Peter speaks from the experience he had with the power of the Holy Spirit coming on Cornelius, and I think James gives scripture from Amos and says, this is God's heart, just like we read in Isaiah. It's God's heart, just like how Jesus fed the 4,000. It's God's heart to reach people, not to exclude people. And I think we should we should see that today, that God wants us to, to reach up to him and get a hold of his heart and reach out to people where they are. But at the same time, the church dealt with this, I think, in a really, really beautiful way. Um, and And so I want I don't really want to read the letter they wrote, but let's read verse twenty two twenty three Then the apostles and the elders uh together with uh, with the whole church, decided to select some of their men to go to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, um Judas, who was also called Barnabas, and Silas, uh also called Sylvanus, both leading uh, men among the brothers uh, with them. They sent the following letter, and I'm gonna skip over verses 24 through um, 29. You can read that. It's the letter that they wrote. That when they showed up there, they read the letter out loud. Um, It's really good. It addresses exactly what James had said in the council. They decided that they would. They would. This is the answer that they gave to them. Um, but my point that I want to carry on today is about reaching people. So, um, and I thought it was really important that the church leadership gathered, they sought the Bible for their answers. They, they remembered their experience in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, they use, so there's the, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, and looking back on what God has done, his faithfulness, how God has done things in the past, the Holy Spirit moved on them. Let's look to the Word, the, the truth, the Bible. Let's look to the Bible for, for for guidance. So for guidance, the church looked to experience of the Holy Spirit. They looked to the Word of God and then the heart of God to reach all people. Um, I believe it was James. James brought up the heart of God to see all people. Um, he didn't just come in and mediate and give like a little bit to this side, and a little bit to this side. I, I believe James... Really spoke that the heart of God to reach people, and I found that that was when we are struggling to look conflict resolution or, or, or need a solution if you're a business owner or a boss or or even just a, a someone leaving a household um, like and we come across situations that are counter that, where the culture is invading our home let's and you know, let's just be honest you know if we if we send our kids off to school. Um, you know, they're going to come into contact with the culture and you might you might be struggling with some of this stuff today where where your your children are confused or or you might be dealing with things in your business or 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 wherever maybe you run a small group or a Bible study and you're dealing with with things from the culture, um how do we deal with it? And I think the church gives us a great example here. They came together, they argued, they weren't just they didn't they didn't just I mean they debated. It says they debated, but but they came to agreement because they looked to what God had done in the past and who the Holy Spirit was in their life and what he had done. They looked to the word of God which is powerful and then they they actually looked at the heart of God. And what is God's heart? In this situation, and I think if we were to take a if we were to take something today and apply it to our lives to encourage us when we're dealing with 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 troubles and hard times and hard situations and things that are that are from the culture that we just want to like we just want to say don't touch them just like the the Jews just said well let's just not even be friends with them we can't go in their house we can't talk to them we we won't do anything with them They're, we just let's just draw a hard line no dancing in the church <laughs> you know like uh. I mean, we've done those kind of things. We we've pretty much said like, um, and 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 forgive me if I I'm not trying to offend anybody, but we we've made some rules, we've made some some decisions in our life where there are ways to still protect, and, and govern and guide and lead without drawing a line that cuts people off. And I don't think that we shouldn't have wisdom to to protect and lead and guide. I think God wants us to have spiritual wisdom, uh, be as um, wise as serpent and gentle as doves. But I don't think anywhere in Scripture does it say just to exclude people. You know, we'll we'll, we'll tell people they can't come to the church here, but it doesn't mean that we won't reach reach them. And minister to them and love them and continue to, to, to have a heart to see their life change and transform, but sometimes we're, we're going to set a boundary to someone and say, "Hey, you're not allowed on the church property because you know you're doing things that are hurting other people. I mean they, you know we have to use spiritual wisdom in certain areas at certain times, but it doesn't mean that we just say we're not going to reach those people at all. <laughs> we're, like, we just don't want to deal with them and so um, so I think that that was a big thing for me as I was reading this. I thought, man, if we could all begin to look back at what the Holy Spirit has done in our life and how he's dealt with our sin, how he's dealt with, with my idol worship, where he's dealt with my heart, and, and, re- and then look to the word and search the word for the truth and then ask God to give us his heart. When Pastor Ben preached that message, reach up. You know, we're reaching up to him to get his heart, that our heart would have his heartbeat. And when we have his heartbeat, we want to reach out to people. We want to tell people about Jesus. We want to see them delivered from their sin. We, want, we will change things that we currently are doing in our lives just to reach people. Like, we, we, we'll go places that we maybe would have never gone before just to give a, a word of encouragement to someone. We, we would step out of our comfort zone for the gospel. But we won't step out of our comfort zone for the gospel and for Jesus. We won't bring Jesus to people and people to Jesus if we don't have the heart of God. And I think that's why we're doing Wednesday night is tonight we are doing uh, prayer gatherings, Ignite prayer gatherings every Wednesday. The whole point of, of prayer, we talk about revival is always on the heels of people who would pray. The whole reason why we come together and we pray is so that we can get the heart of God. If our hearts would beat with his heartbeat, we would see revival. You see, revival, we can say these are the fundamentals of evangelism, and these are the fundamentals of uh, of how you lead someone to Jesus with the right scriptures, and these are the things you say to them, and this is the argument that you need to have ready. And that's great. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with teaching people how to be ready to give, a, to give a witness. But if you don't have a passion burning in your heart to see people saved from their sin, if you don't have a passion in your heart to see the city change, I was walking up and down 21st Avenue and there's garbage strung everywhere. Just everywhere. I don't know if you've ever walked up and down from here to Fred Meyer on the church street. There's garbage everywhere. And I, and I always, there's always this one bench where there's just like food and garbage all over the ground. And I usually pick some of it up and throw, I mean, there's a garbage can right there. And I'm like, come on, people. Like, there's a garbage can right here. Like, what's wrong? And, and as I've walked that walk many times, the Lord has shown me, like, this is a picture of brokenness, this is a picture of people who are living in poverty. They just, they don't believe they're worth anything. They don't believe. So my heart has been set on praying for 21st Avenue and all those businesses down there around Campus Drive and 21st Avenue. That's like a huge like Northwest Church is so close to that. That should be our our stomping grounds for for evangelism or for revival. And it, it doesn't come just by going and like beating people with the Bible and going and and handing out tracks or going and and just like, you know, uh, it, it comes through like having a heart for the people there, having a heart for not just the street to be cleaned up and down 21st Avenue, but a heart for the people that are broken and the ones who are flinging the trash everywhere. That they would be, uh, they would be healthy and, and love Jesus and come to know Him. Like we want to, we want to see all these things that we say revival is. It means that we got to be in the business of what God is doing today. If Jesus was here right now, today, how would He live? What would He do? How would He walk up in Twenty First Avenue? What would He do when He's in Fred Meyer shopping? How would He see the world when He stepped out the door in the morning? Would He? What would He be thinking about? How would he be acting? It says he only did what he saw the Father doing, and he only said what the Father told him to do. And we're supposed to walk and live like Jesus. If we would, if we this morning would think about that. If we would pray, Jesus, guide my steps today. Lead me and guide me. Give me your heart today that as I go out, wherever my world is, whatever I see and do, whoever I come into contact with, wh- the way I drive my car, everything that I do would be a glorification to you, Jesus, that other people would see your light and they would praise Father in heaven, Lord. They are, are we are a mission with Jesus to see the lost save and disciples made. We have to believe that as a church. We have to come together. We have to believe that that's why God has us here. We have to believe that we're part of Northwest Church. That's our family, that God has called us together to, to do this thing, that we're not, that's not just a community that we come together and this is, this is where my kids hang out and, or, or this is where my kids' friends are or um, we can't just think that this is where my Bible study is or, or whatever. We have to believe as a family together that God had a plan and a purpose before the foundations of the world. It says that he knew us and he formed us. He knit us together in his womb for every time there is a season with a purpose. And we have to believe that God has us here with a purpose. Listen, I'm from Idaho, and I came here, and this is not my home. This is not where I, I, I've I learned to call this home. But, but God brought me here, and we have to realize that God has us here on mission. We have to realize that we are not just a community, but that we are community on mission, to see people, to see people fall in love with Jesus. We're on mission with Jesus to see the lost saved and disciples made. And um, I know there's a little bit of this left that we didn't get to, um, but the one thing I want, the last thing I wanted to say, and we, 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 I'm running out of time, but. They sent these. They sent these delegates from Jerusalem back up there to Antioch with the letter, but they also stayed and prophesied and ministered to them. They moved in the power of gift, and some. And I just wanted to say this: uh, they sent a letter and they sent a person. Uh, I th- I think that's important. I just want to end on that: that when when God's calling us. He doesn't just send a letter. He doesn't, just send, um, he doesn't just send instructions, but he sends people. And we have the word of God. We have the ways to live. We have the things that we're doing, but God sends people. He sends instructions. And church leadership, you know, they dealt with this in a beautiful way where they didn't just give them things to do, but they sent people who administer in the power of God. It was the power of God that took these instructions and these letters, and it wasn't just something that came from a church far away that said, this is what you need to do. But they sent people as a testimony to not only give them this letter, but minister to them. And there was a power. As we go out today, as we go out with the truth in our hearts, knowing the truth, God has sent not just a word, not just, the, not just the truth about who Jesus is, but he sent you, he sent me, that, that we would go out today as his people, that we would be ready to minister to other people. Whether that's just a word of encouragement where you're saying, hello, good morning. Uh, uh, one of my favorite ways uh, to talk to people about Jesus who I know know Jesus is I just say, you know, what's Jesus doing in your life? And, and that's a way where I can encourage believers. Um, but just getting to know people who don't know Jesus, or maybe they do know Jesus, and being able to just profess Jesus in your life—that you would just say, "Oh, that's my God," or, or you know, just professing that Jesus is is your everything. You know, being a professing believer doesn't mean you have to go with a full evangelical scriptures lined up, ready to 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 t- explain and convince someone why the Bible is true and why they need to follow Jesus. You are the testimony. You can be the testimony just by being a professing believer today to tell people that your God is amazing and awesome and he is powerful and he's transformed your life. And so, I'm out of time. I can't go anymore. I love you guys. I'm sorry we didn't get to the rest of it, but um but let's let me just pray for you. Father Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that um you've called us to be people who steward your presence, God. And Lord, I pray for us as we go from here, Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, you would be upon us, that you would give us your words, that we would hear your voice, and that we would be people of power and a people of presence, and that we would bring Jesus, we would bring you to people, and bring, and they would come to know you, Jesus. We just pray over our city and our our world, whatever our world is, our job, our marketplace. I just pray over it right now. And I ask that that you would begin to to give us eyes to see it the way you see it, God. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. While there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.